of James chapter 1, the first eight verses. James, the servant, servant of Yahuwah and of the Anunai Yeshua HaMashiach, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, warning nothing. If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of Yahuwah. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let us pray. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your presence in the Holy Spirit, and we bless you for this hour and for this moment. Come forth now, Holy Spirit, and teach us, lead us, and guide us, for we can do nothing of ourselves. We need your presence and your power, your wisdom and your knowledge. Come forth now, we ask. In Yeshua's mighty name, we pray that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. From the text you have heard this morning, there is a story that I want to share with you from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we find this story deals with tribulations, deals with temptation, persecution, and everything therewith that men and people can fall into. Paul talks unto the church at Corinth and he tells them about his own experience as a believer and as an apostle, a modern day apostle of Christ. And in verse 23 of the 11th chapter of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Paul asked this question, are they ministers of Christ? I am more, in labors more abundantly, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in death oft, of the Jerusalem five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I suffered shipwreck, at night and day I have been in the deep. In journeying often in pearls of water, in pearls of robbers, in pearls of my own countrymen, in pearls of heathens, in pearls of the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among the brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watching often in hunger and thirst, in fasting often in cold and nakedness. And then he says, beside those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all of the called out assembly. Paul saying, these are things 
that I personally experienced. And the enemy, through temptation, would have gotten me. But because of my faith and my assurance in God, I was able to endure all of these things that I had suffered. All of these things that I had gone through, the trial, the tribulation, the persecutions, the beatings, I was able to endure it all simply because I had my faith rooted and grounded in Christ. So, so without that, I would have never been able to endure the time that I endured. Go through what I have gone through and experience what I had experienced. But because my faith and assurance was in Christ, I was able to do that. Back over in the book of James, James talked about temptations. And we all understand what temptation's about. You know those those Oreos you have on the kitchen counter that's really not good for you to be eating, but because they're on that counter, you messed around and saw them, and now you're being tempted of the devil to go in there and get those cookies that you know you shouldn't eat because your blood sugar might be out of whack. You know, that piece of pork we could have had yesterday, but we know it would have ran our blood pressure up, but we were still tempted to get a piece of that pork at the barbecue we was at on yesterday. See, temptation tend to run high when it is something that we know we shouldn't have. That's what temptation is. It is being tempted to get a hold or do something or act in a way that is not good. But because the enemy is there saying, it's okay, it's all right, you can get away with it, do it. And, and we have to have a good, strong relationship with God in order to overcome all kinds of temptation because we are tempted and tried every single day that the Lord God sinned. Where God tells us that that temptation is doing something that you know is not good for you. But, but in the assurance of understanding who you are, you are able to deal and persevere through the temptation. He tells us in the eighth verse of the first chapter, well, let's go back up to the second verse. Brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptation. Paul says rejoice when you are tempted. It is a blessing in one scripture to be tempted. But just don't fall into the temptation, the word of God tells us in Jezebel. He goes on, he says, faith is the assurance that God is with you and he will answer you when you call for your escape from temptation. In the first chapter of 1 Corinthians, in the 10th verse, uh, 10th chapter, I'm sorry, in the 13th verse, we find no temptation is will overtake you except what is common to mankind. So the devil will attempt you, but God says it won't overtake you. Because he says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted above or beyond what you can bear. But when the tempter, when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out of escape for you. A way for you to endure and overcome temptation. See, when the devil attacks, we have to be on guard. And there are certain things that we have to be able to do in order to be on guard. Because the devil ain't going to never stop tempting us. 
He's always going to tempt us. But the question is, are we willing to be steadfast, unmovable, standing in our faith on the word of God? Your faith will be tried. You will be tempted. But your faith is not designed or temptation is not designed to produce faith. Some people feel like because they have faith, it keeps them from doing the things. That's not what faith is here. In this faith is what helps you to continue to stay faithful unto God. See, when you're tested, that's when faith kicks in to help you get through it. Your faith helps you to go through the trial, go through the persecution, go through the suffering. Faith helps you during that time. If you don't have faith, guess what? You're going to fall to the temptation. Some people with faith, we all still fall to temptation. And we have to say, Lord, forgive us for we have what? Sinned and come short of your glory. That's what the word of God tells us. We all make mistakes. I make them every day. I say, Lord, forgive me. Keep my eyes and my mind and my mouth clean. Yes, yes. Because we're always engaging in ways that may not be pleasing unto God. So the Bible says we have sins of commission and sins of omission. So the commission means we willfully... Omission means we didn't mean to do it, but it happened. So that's all a part of temptation. And we got to realize when we're tempted, there is a way of escape. And the word of God tells us what that way of escape is. We overcome temptation by our faith. And where do we get faith from? Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you hear the word, it increases your faith. When you read the word aloud, it increases your faith. When you read God's word, you ought to read it aloud so you can hear it. Because it builds and increases and strengthens your faith. So if you're not reading, you're not going to get much faith. You know, you can't tell that pork chop to be gone when you ain't read your Bible and got enough faith not not to be tempted to take it and eat it. We had chicken and we had pork and we had all kind of stuff yesterday and I was tempted to eat a little bit of everything. So I just took it all home and prayed and said, Father, help me to eat what I need to eat and leave the rest of it alone. So you've got to be willing to do that. Otherwise, you're going to mess around and do the wrong thing. The word of God tells us and shares with us that we have to keep trusting God through faith that we receive from reading the word of God in our lives to help us in all circumstances and situations. Think about what all Paul went through. Think about all of Paul's experiences and everything that he went through. Paul had to keep faith and assurance in God. He had to know where he was rooted and grounded and that there was no doubt or question in his mind, no matter what they put him through, he was going to survive. Think about Jonah in the belly of the whale. Do you think Jonah really wanted to end up in the belly of the whale? He had to have faith that God would have delivered him. And he had to pray and ask for forgiveness. God sent him to Nineveh. He decided to go somewhere else, got on the boat, and went the opposite direction. And in the process, the storm came and the raging sea came. And there came trials and tribulations for everybody on the ship because they were wondering what the world was going on. And when they found out it was Jonah, guess what they said? He got to go. And Jonah finally come to the conclusion, don't let me be a hindrance. And they throwed him off of the ship. He ended up in the belly of a great fish, the scripture says it was. 
And the, after he prayed and asked for forgiveness, the fish spit him up on land and then he went to Nineveh. And he still didn't want to do what God asked him to do. But see, temptation will say, get on the ship and go the other way. Don't go down there. Those people ain't going to accept you. They ain't going to receive you. No, way. don't go that way. But God has a way that's mighty sweet. And he will help us in whatever we are experiencing and whatever we are going through. Just keep your faith and trust in God. We were talking today, me and Paul was talking about our leg bothering us. We just keep praying and trusting God. He will heal us. I just got sense enough to believe that he will. I got sense enough to believe that all pain will eventually go away. And it does. Goes away and comes back. Goes away. There's nothing but the devil saying, see, I'm trying to get you to doubt. But don't doubt. Keep the faith. Keep trusting. Keep relying upon God. He will give you strength to overcome. You might have to limp, but limp on. See? You might have to crawl, but crawl on. Whatever you do, keep pressing, as the preacher said last Sunday. That's what the word of God teaches us. That's what the word tells us. Live and enjoy life. He said be joyful in every situation no matter what you're going through. You have to be joyful. You have to continue to say I'm not going to let this break me down. I'm not going to let this defeat me. I'm not going to let this stop me. I have my faith and assurance in Christ and I know whom I believe and whose I am. And because of that, I'm not going to be tempted. I'm not going to be tried. Let's look at a couple of more verses. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. And I'm trying, I'm still getting ahead of myself on these. Let patience have her perfect work. Let patience have her perfect work. We have to be patient. When we are tempted, we have to be patient. Because when we are patient, we come out as pure gold. When we are not patient, we get ourselves into situations and circumstances. Somebody make you mad, just walk off. You ain't got to stand in and go toe-to-toe, do-si-do with them. Be the bigger person and turn around and walk away. It's better to walk away and come back and live another day than to stay there and realize that you ain't no match because of something, instrument or something they have in their pocket. See, God says, use good judgment and know through the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit within you when you need to walk away. What is patience? Paul was a patient person and he said in Romans 12 and 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. When you're going through, you got to be patient. When the devil is tempting you, you got to be patient. You got to be, you say, take it to the Lord in prayer and he will give you the strength you need to overcome when the devil is attacked. The Bible says, Satan, like a roaring lion, what? Walks to and fro in the earth, seeking whom he may devour. That's pure temptation. And when he tempts you, guess what he does? He laughs if he gets you. Even the Savior was tempted. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down off of this pinnacle of the temple. For he will give his angels guard to protect you. Now what if Christ had yielded to that foolishness? He said, what? Satan get thee behind me, for you are an offense to me. Tempt not the Lord thy God. He said, don't tempt God. God said, I do not tempt, nor can I be tempted. See, God is not the tempter. Satan is the tempter. You need to know that. The enemy sends temptations through people. The enemy sends temptations through things in our minds. We get to thinking the wrong thing, and then the temptations get stronger and stronger. Anything that you do that's not good, guess what always happens? 
you think about it first. And if you think about it long enough, you're going to speak it. And then when you speak it, guess what? You're going to act upon it. So he's saying, don't even think it. Don't even consider it. Just continue to stay focused on my mind is on Christ. Let this mind be which is in Christ Jesus. That's what the word says. Who been in the form of God, thought it now he was not equal to be with God. He said, I am the son. If I'm going to be tempted, guess what? You're going to be tempted too. So you might as well make up your mind. Ah, well, I'm, I'm, too, I'm above temptation. I'm not going to be. No, you're going to be, you're going to be tempted if you live long enough. If you live long enough and go through enough, somebody somewhere is going to try you. That's what temptation is. Somebody's going to see just what you made of. You know, they walk around talking about how good they are. Let me go test them out and see what they all look. See, God is testing you when you're going through temptation. And, and he wants you to be pure enough and have enough faith within you to endure what you're going through without being angry and going off and saying all kind of ugly things. See, James tells us there that temptation's going to come, but he also says not only do we need faith, but we have to have wisdom. Yes. See, the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing Therefore, get wisdom. What does wisdom do? It helps us to properly exercise our faith to overcome temptation. See, they're interchangeable. You've got to have all. And whenever you have wisdom, you will be able to look at that situation and realize that that's not good for me. And you what? Move on the other direction. You keep your faith and trust in God and you keep following him. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Solomon said in Proverbs 1 and 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instructions. There must be reverence for God. That's what wisdom is. It is reverence. It is respect. It is honor. Worshipful praise to God. That's what brings wisdom. He said, if you like it, ask God to give it to all men. God gives wisdom. If you like wisdom, he says, ask him and he will give it to you willingly. He will give it to you generously in abundance because what? You simply prayed and asked for it. You see a wise person. They're not wise by accident. They're wise because they have sought God. Remember Solomon? When Solomon could have asked for anything when he was the king of Israel, and the king of Judah, he could have asked God for anything. And he prayed for wisdom. Solomon was the richest man because he asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. He said, Father, I don't have sense enough to go in and come out of doors. Give me wisdom to govern your people. And that's what God gave him. And God said, because you did not ask for these other things, I'm going to give them to you on top of wisdom. And when God gave him all of the wisdom that he had, riches came from everywhere. If you look at the Bible and you read in the uh, Apocrypha, you've got to have a book with the Apocrypha in it. It'll tell you, wisdom is more precious and has more power than any riches you can find. Yes. How rich a person is, if they don't have wisdom, it will eventually evaporate. Okay, what they have, God says your wealth is going to what? Be crushed. It's going to be destroyed along with you. That's why you, I can't understand people walking around with billions and billions of dollars in their pocket and in their accounts. 
and people stop them. And they leave, die and leave it to the dog or the cat or somebody to take care of the dog and the cat. How foolish, how stupid can you be to take, you know, well, I give the charity. Sure you give the charity, but is charity doing the same things with the money that you should be doing with the money or that God has told you personally to do with the money? Is the charities actually doing that? See, we have to investigate things to make sure that our resources are doing what God told us to do. When we give into the kingdom of God, we have done what God told us to do. Yes. It's up to us in charge to do with that what God has orchestrated it and brought it into the house of God for. People are hungry, we need to feed them. They naked, we need to clothe them. I'm talking about the local church and the local community around this church. We ain't trying to feed all of Winston-Salem because we'll have people lined up at that door two miles down the street waiting to get in here. Drain us dry. We won't have nothing. Y'all see me coming in here with raggedy blue jeans on with holes in them. What's wrong with the pastor over there? Well, they stopped taking care of him. <laughs> but see, God wants us to continue to use the resources for his kingdom and for building his kingdom and for being a blessing to the community around us. People call all the time. I don't entertain all the calls. I listen to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I walk in that office and talk to them ladies, and they're probably going to like, is he crazy today or what? <laughs> I'm sure they have questions. I wonder why Bishop said that. But see, we have to be governed by the Holy Spirit. If we do, if we do our own thing, we'll be doing something stupid all the time. Because we'll think we're doing good. I had a lady one time. I think I told y'all this story. She came to the ministry, and she needed groceries. She called us. She needed groceries when I was pastoring my own church. And this lady called us and I felt so sorry for her talking on the phone. I had the secretary get the money out of the treasure, go buy this lady groceries and take them to her. And she did. Next Sunday, after service, I got the same phone call. So I said, well, maybe we didn't give her enough. I did it again. Pastor, I'm going to be to church next Sunday. That was in 91. I ain't seen her yet. And she kept calling every week, every week. That's why I am the way I am whenever we got that call a few, a few months ago. Because I remember that case. We did, we reached out to somebody and helped them and they lied to the ministry. I'm going like, wait a minute. There are places for people like you. Go to crisis control. Go to Sunnyside. Go to some of those other places that are designed for you and for your situation because you're not going to God's house. So go to places like that. Go to, 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 to all these other places. Now, if you need spiritual insight, yeah, we're here for that. If you need counseling, we're here for that. But there are other places for people who don't go to church. God says his resources is for what? The storehouse. Yes, yes. And those that are in the storehouse. When you come to church, if you have an issue, if you have a, a bill or something that you can't handle, you're supposed to come to the church and say, Pastor, this is my situation and I need the church's help. That's what the resources are for. He said, help the widows and the orphans. And those of you that are able to work, go get a job. And work. But God says, if you need it, that's what it's there for. Amen. You know, don't sit around with the lights off and you can call the pastor and say, pastor, my light's off. We need, I need some help. Pastor, my water off. I need some help. That's what the resources are for, to help you that come and put your money in the storehouse. But if we give it to people that don't give into the storehouse, when the people that in the storehouse give it needed, guess what? We won't have it because the devil done tempted us to give it to somebody else who really don't even need it. You got some people that beat on every church in Winston-Salem and other towns too. They go all over the place beating on churches. 
They call us and call 10 or 12 others. All of them give them money. And they say, oh, we are, oh this is a lifestyle. I don't need to work. <laughs> I can just keep doing this and live. See, But God says for us not to be dumb and be entertained and let people fool us. That's what the devil comes to do. Fool and trick us. And if we're dumb enough to accept it, guess what? He does it. James tells us in, in, in chapter uh, 1, verse 5, if any man like wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men freely and liberally. And God will give it to you generously. But he said, let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave driven by the wind that is tossed. You ever seen a ship out on the water just being thrown all over the place? He said, that's how some people think. That's how some people are. Yes. You know, they believe God a while, then they try this. They believe God a while, then they try that. They believe God a while, then they go do this. They believe God a while, then they go do that. Now, you, if your faith is in God, leave it in God. Say, Lord, I'm not worried. I said that every month, and, and uh, Roderick is over there, he'll tell you. I sit right there, and they just run and run and run, and the Holy Spirit always give me what I need by the end of the month. Don't. <laughs> he always give me what I need. Sometimes I have it before the end of the month. But every month, I come up with what I need. I don't have to run and chase and, you know. They got bills. They got a whole lot of bills to pay, so they have to do that. I don't have to do that. <laughs> See? But God will bless you. God will meet your needs right where you are. And say, Father, I put my faith and trust in you. And I'm going to, when, it, when the right time comes, I respond and every time I get, I get the prize. That's how God wants us to be. Every time we respond to God, he's going to bless us. Every time we do an act, whenever he tells us that, he's going to bless us. Every time we pray the prayer of faith and say, Lord, this is ailing me, that is ailing me, guess what he's going to do? He's going to heal that. Because what? I'm believing God, not what somebody else told me. The word says that Christ died, was wounded for my healing. And I believe he's going to heal me. I take that anointing oil and anoint myself and go on down the road. And trust that he's going to do just what he said. And guess what? He always does. You ever had a pain and God said that'll go away after a while? You ever heard the Holy Spirit speak? You said that'll leave in a little while. Have anybody ever had that experience? Where you're just suffering or something going on and the Holy Spirit said, that'll go away. And after a while you, you think about you're going to do another thing. You think about it and you say, wait a minute. I don't have that. In. I don't feel that anymore. Because the Holy Spirit will not lie. God cannot lie. He will do exactly what he says. He will bless you. He will help you. He will get you out of whatever situation you're in. Trust him and keep your faith and assurance in him. He will do it every single time. He says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't be wavy. Don't be unsure. Just say, my faith and trust is in the Lord and I'm going to keep it in there. I'm going to trust him. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the experience is. I don't care what I have to go through. You think if Paul had quit, he would have been able to finish. He would, he would never finish the books. He's responsible for one-third of the epistles. If he had quit when he was going through everything in the book of Corinthians, we would have never gotten the rest of the epistles. He had to go through what he had to go through because guess what tribulation, I mean, uh, uh, temptations and tribulations does? It gives you strength. There is a greater purpose for it. And that purpose is your spiritual growth. That's why you go through temptation. Not that you're trying, that, the, that God is trying to allow you to get trapped. He says, I'm taking you through this. I'm testing you. And I'm going to do better and more for you when you come through the test. Yeah. You go through the test of temptation, you come out, and then the next thing you know, you got some big blessing that you wasn't even looking for. Right. 
God done something for you that you wasn't even expecting. Why? Because you went through the test and you came out as pure as gold. God said, give them a reward. See, some of us waiting to get to heaven to get our reward. Now, God will bless you right here on this earth. Just do what he tells you to do. He'll bless you right here on this earth. He'll give you good things right here on this earth. All you got to do is have the faith. Keep trust. Go through. Don't worry about what you're experiencing. Go through and believe him because his word will not lie. He will do exactly what he says he will do. How do we overcome and have joy in the midst of temptation, tribulation, persecution? We have to recognize, first of all, that that's what it is. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. We know it's not normal, but we have to recognize that we are being tempted. Then we have to remember that there is a purpose for it. Say, Lord, I'm going through. I don't understand. But realize that there is a purpose for what I'm going through. There's something that God is trying to give me, a, a place he's trying to get me to. That's why I'm going through what I'm going through. That's why I'm suffering. That's why I'm having the situation that I'm having. There is a plan that is designed to help you overcome. That's why you have the image of Christ in your heart and in your life. He says, keep the faith. And then he says, cap it off with prayer. And we always talk about that in this church. The importance of prayer, no matter what you're going through. Stop calling other people. Go to God first. Because other people are going to tell you everything but to go to God. Unless they are really close to God, they ain't going to tell you to go to God. They're going to tell you to do this and do that and do the other. But when you're close to God, you'll say, pray about it. Let's take it to God in prayer. And pray right then. Most times people call me and they got something going on. I'll pray with them right then. Sometimes if I'm busy, I'll say, I will keep you in prayer. But most of the time, I will pray about that situation right then when they call me. I'll call them. And I find out something, I'll call them and say, let's pray. And that's what God wants you to do. He said, keep these matters before God. The devil tempting you, the devil fighting you, the devil persecuting you, the devil doing all these things to you. Take it to God in prayer. And when you take it to him in prayer, guess what? Leave it. Leave it. Leave it there. Don't pick it up and take it back out after you leave church. You grab, come run by the altar and pick it up and take it on back with you, put it in your pocketbook. Don't do that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, sister. I got to go by the altar and get this right here. I left it down there. No, don't do that. Take it, leave it, and go on about your business. Take it to God and leave it at the altar. And don't, he said, don't even focus on it anymore. That's what the word says. Don't even focus on it. Don't even think about it anymore. Let it stay on the altar where God has allowed you to place it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what Isaiah says. Your joy, whenever you rejoice in tribulation, trial, people see you and say, I don't understand why that person's always happy. Or you on drugs or something, what are you taking in the morning? You all, I mean, you're always bubbly and happy. What, what are you doing? When you come in, when you come to your, the work, you're always excited and happy and yeah. They're wondering what's going on with you. They're walking around sobbing, hurting and in the pain. They ain't going to tell you what's going on with them, but you can see it on their face. You can look at the expression and tell something ain't right. But God says what? Rejoice. The Galatians, Paul tells us in 522, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. He said, that's why you rejoice. Because you're going to do these things. He said, you might as well enjoy it. You might as well rejoice and keep the faith and keep your focus on God no matter what's going on. Somebody call you and tell you something. Say, Lord, I give you glory and praise that it ain't no worse. 
That's how you respond to that. I thank you that it ain't no worse. Some things you don't have control over, but you say, I thank you that it is no worse. Let's wrap this up. He says, meditate on the word of God. Stay in fellowship with God through prayer, fellowship, and meditation. Sometimes you read the word, then you pray. You read some more word, then you pray. Have the Bible open when you pray. Read the word of God and then pray to God about whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through. When you pray to God and pray the word, guess what? It is more effective. Pray using Christ's name. Some of y'all pray in the name of Jesus. That's fine. I don't have a problem. That's what you want to do. But you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, if you use that name, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, the anointed Messiah is what he is. The Anonai, in his mighty name, those words are more powerful because those, those words are recognized by the counsel of God in heaven. Some of these words are just a few years old. Jesus is only 400 years old. If you think I'm lying, go read your history and look up, look up slavery. It was a name on the side of a slave ship. But he said, my name is Yeshua Hamashiach. That's my real name. That's how he talked to you and I, the real Hebrews. We had Paleo-Hebrew. We didn't have a Syrian Hebrew where they added all this stuff to the writings and gave us what they wanted us to have. I want y'all to know the truth. So when y'all go somewhere and talk, y'all know what y'all talking about. That's why I teach. I want this church to grow. And you all have grown in the last year since I've been here. I can see the growth in this church. May not be as physical as I'd like to see it, but spiritually, there is growth in this church. And it didn't come from somebody going, the Lord told me to tell you this morning. But he gave us the word. You know, Kevin teaches, but he also preaches. (laughs) But the Bible tells us, stay in the word, meditating, reading and praying and trusting God that he will what? Bring us to the place of deliverance. Bring us through the temptation. Bring us through the trials, the tribulations and all the oppression and depression of the enemy. When Satan attacked, we have to stay on God. That's why I say, pray ye one for another. Call your brother and sister and say, how you doing? I'm not doing so well, let's pray about it. Some of them are going to tell you they're doing bad every day, no matter how they're feeling. Sometimes the devil will get you to a place where no matter what it's like, you're always suffering. Because if you keep saying that, guess what? You have what you're saying. You don't believe me, do you? Some of y'all got up this morning. You say, I'm going to go in the kitchen and fix me a bowl of cereal. That's exactly what you did. Some of you got up this morning and say, I'm going to stop by McDonald's on the way to work or to church. That's exactly what you did. Some of you got up this morning and say, I'm not going to church and I can't see you in this sanctuary this morning. Because that's exactly what you decided to do. Amen. See, you will have exactly what you say. So if you keep wallowing in the mud and keep saying, I'm terribly sick. I'm not going to get any better. I'm going to die. Guess what? You're going to stay right there for Satan say, I got you, and I'm going to hold on to you and keep you right there. I talked to Sister Vanetta Brown last week. She was in the hospital, and she said, Bishop, I want to go home. And I said, let's pray right now that you go home. And we prayed right then. And Sister Milton, I was out there talking to her, and I told her that Sister Vanetta was in the hospital. She said, no, 
She went home. Sister Jackie called me and told me she went home yesterday. And I said that was my exact prayer that the Lord would let her go back home. God will answer prayer if you pray it according to his word. You have got to believe that he'll do it. You have got to pray that he'll do it. You've got to stand firm on his word. I don't care what name you use. Use any name you want to use. If you don't get no answer to your prayer, then you need to change the name. But I haven't prayed for anybody in this church that did not come back and tell me that they felt better or that the pain left them or that the Holy Spirit did not move for them. You have to put your faith and trust in the Lord and believe that he's going to do what he says. If you do that, guess what? You are going to move forward in the things of God. Let's wrap this up. The word of God finally tells us keep your faith and your trust in God to help you overcome whatever you experience. If you will do that, guess what? You're going to walk through all of the fiery trials and temptations of the devil. God says there is a way of escape. He says, I will not put more on you than you can bear. And I will get you through whatever you have to experience. Whatever you have to go through, I'm going to bring you through it. All you've got to do is keep faith, keep trust and assurance in me and watch. Just keep your eyes open. Stay focused. Keep praying. And after a while, you're going to look around and see all those things that you were praying about. God has already taken care of it. God has already answered it. You ever to lift your hands and say, glory, hallelujah. I didn't even know it was going to happen that fast. Sometimes you can praise your way out of a situation. Just give God this prayer and then begin to give him praise and thanksgiving and sing the psalms of praise and rejoice. And you'll be surprised how quickly trials and tribulations and temptations will wave their hand and say, I had enough. See, the devil can't stay in the presence of God. He got to move. You got to remember that. If you start praying and praising when something's going on, you just remember the devil cannot stay in the presence of God. Get in his presence. And when you get in his presence, guess what's going to happen? You're going to come out with victory. Because the enemy ain't going to be able to defeat you no matter how he tries. God's looking down and saying, get away from there, boy. Get away from there. See, the devil has to do what God tells him to do. He can't do nothing but what God says. He can't touch you unless God gives him permission. And all he can do then is mess with you. He can't touch your soul. Because you belong to Christ. Because you belong to Christ, the devil can never touch your soul. All he can do is tamper your mind, tamper with your mind and try to get you to do things. Or say ugly things. But he can never touch your spirit. Because that now belongs to Christ. Because you put your faith and trust in him. And receive him as Lord of your life. And that is sealed until the day of redemption. When he comes and takes us all to Calvary. You are guaranteed. That's something to rejoice about. Eternal life. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us pray. Father we come this afternoon to give you glory. To give you praise. We magnify, edify, uplift, and exalt you. We praise you for your son, Christ Yeshua, our Savior. We praise you for this message. We pray that it will go forth and accomplish that for which thou hast sent it. We bless you now. We praise you and glorify you. Touch every person in this room. Those that are sick, for them we pray and ask you to just move by your power in their lives. Touch right now. Heal, set free, and deliver. We bless you. We praise you. In Christ's mighty name, we ask you to decree and declare it. Let all God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. Let us.